Welcome to the Nativist Podcast, where we tap into our instinct and natural power to live intuitively. The ultimate goal is to leave the world healthier and more beautiful than we found it. It all starts on the individual level by cultivating our mind-body connection. Whether you're on a healing journey or just want to look and feel your best, I hope by the end you feel a little happier, a little more inspired, and a little more invested in yourself and the world. Please remember to subscribe to this podcast and leave a review. Thank you. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of the Nativist Podcast. And I am talking today with someone I have wanted on here for a long time now. And I'm stoked that she's here. And this is the further installment of my addiction series. And we are going to hear from the perspective of a wife who dealt with addiction indirectly or directly, however you want to look at it. And I'm here with Mindy. Mindy, how's it going? Hey, good. How are you? So good. So happy you're here. So I know that this is a really vague, broad question and you can go as deep with it as you want to, but tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh yeah. Okay. So um, yeah, my name is Mindy Cervantes. I have two little boys. They are five and seven. Um, I'm basically like a constant learner. I'm always learning. I'm always going, trying, exploring. <laughs> I'm Love a very it. like upbeat person. Yes. Um, yeah. So I'm a personal trainer right now at the gym and my husband and I are actually building a CrossFit gym right now in our, <gasps> <laughs> in our garage. Yay. So that's the new uh, adventure there. So that's exciting. Yeah, I don't know what, what kind of things do you want to know? <laughs> I know it's, it's such a hard question. Like when people ask me oh, that, yeah. it's like, oh my gosh, well, do you want my life story? Do you want, <laughs> like, where yeah, do I exactly. go with this? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's so. it. That's great. So we connected first on Facebook and could instantly feel your light and see it shine more and more every day. You're one of those people who's very uplifting, very deep, and I just connected with you. And then when we met up in person too, for a long walk where we just talked about everything and <laughs> all did. things, we did. it was an instant connection too. And so you're just one of those people that I just completely, totally instantaneously vibed with. And I love that. And that's one of the reasons I love social media is that we have that. Yes, absolutely. And I felt the same way about you, Whitney. I think I Thank told you. you that I'm like, I swear I know you. Like yeah. you're just <laughs> like, but we've never met before. And I'm like, yeah. I swear I've known you. It was so cool. And to yeah. be able to have our long walk, deep conversations, yes. totally. I mean, your vibe is incredible. I love thank what you're you. doing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And we need another one, by the way. Yes. <laughs> we need to meet, meet up again. Okay. So Agreed. let's jump right into it and let's talk about addiction. What is your experience with addiction? All right. So I think there's a few definitions of addiction, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, they can come in so many different forms. I think a lot of people think that, you know, you have to have this big label when really it could be anything, right? You could be addicted to caffeine. You could be addicted to, I don't know, whatever it is that, you know, you're addicted to. Good point. Um, and, yep. and so I think that it's, it's also a pretty large spectrum, to be honest. Yes. But yeah, so today's topic, we'll be talking about you know, just my standpoint as a wife, uh, watching my husband go through his alcoholism and also his sobriety. 
it was definitely, I honestly am so grateful for my life and the fact that, you know, he actually became sober. Um, and I think a lot of women ask me uh, from a wife standpoint, you know, how do I, how do I fix my husband or my boyfriend or how do I help them become sober? And I think that these, there's some certain points that I think that we could hit on today, um, maybe to help somebody else who has experienced, you know, loving someone with an addiction. So, yes. yeah. Yes. And I love that you prefaced all of that with the wideness of the spectrum of addiction. Mm -hmm. I know I've touched on that before, but I think that's so important to further emphasize because I think sometimes just that label can be narrowly defined in people's Mm -hmm. minds, whether implicitly or explicitly. And so then they automatically think, well, no, I don't experience addiction. I've never really experienced addiction myself. But if you look at how wide that definition can be, you realize almost all of us have direct or indirect experience with addiction and all of its many forms, whether it's technology, whether it's caffeine, like you said, exercise, whatever it is. And so many more of us, I think, than we realize have Mm -hmm. some sort of personal experience with addiction. And yes, I love that you have some resources and some points that you can share to help people who want to help their loved ones with addiction. Mm -hmm. So tell us about your husband's story and Mm -hmm. tell us from the beginning when you first realized he was an alcoholic or dealt with alcoholism, what was that like? So my husband's story, actually, he picked up his first beer at the age of 12. I mean, he's now 34, I think. Um, He's been sober a few years, but I think, I mean, that's a long time. That is is a long time. Um, So he actually started at the age of 12. Um, That shocked when I heard that. I was like, oh my goodness. I mean, that's, you know, not something I ever even heard of at that age. Um, So he started young. He started young. So who Um, gave him his first beer, alcoholic beverage? I think it was family, if I can, I'm not hundred percent sure, but I think it was maybe family or friends. Yeah. And I know in some cultures that's par for the course and that's standard. Mm-hmm. And so I yeah. think that's also important to remember as we look at this and with some of these cultures, that's just how it is, you know, mm-hmm. and it's not necessarily wrong. It's just different. Yeah. Right. Right. hundred percent. I think it was a very, you know, cultural thing. Sure. And so I think that that's where it started was the age of 12. And so, yeah, that's what the cool kids did, right? (laughs) (laughs) So so I think the very first time I realized that it was a problem. So our relationship kind of moved fast. You know, we actually weren't married first. We were dating um, six months into dating. <laughs> I got knocked up <laughs> and um, <laughs> we ended up kind of just basing our, our relationship on that. And I think that that's also an important kind of pivotal moment there. So I was only dating in maybe six months. And so I had realized maybe during my pregnancy, there was some problems And a lot of it was, you know, I noticed that there was a lot of stress on his end, which is completely normal, you know, when you're expecting a child and realizing that, holy crap, at the time I wasn't emotionally supported, you know, like I was also a new mom and there are so many times where, you know, there'd be just so much drinking and so much from him. Right. And then I just felt very alone. And so I think that's when I first realized that there was a problem. That would be so hard 
not only early on in a relationship, you especially mm-hmm. need that support as you're establishing it and getting going, even if you instantly hit it off, but then also carrying a child and being pregnant. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes, absolutely. And then not feeling supported. Mm-hmm. That would make a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was the first instant for sure. So um, now if you reflect, mm-hmm. did you see any signs before that would have led you to that? Like if you first met him, if you're reflecting now, any signs that would have pointed you to that, that you didn't realize before, but could recognize now or no? Yeah. You know, I was like completely like head over heels for him. So of course sure. I, I, you know, you get in that. Love blinders. Um, yeah. Love blinders. Um, I did have people tell me like, Hey, you know, just so you know, <laughs> there's a history here or, you know, and just different, I don't know, like scenarios I'd realize he just liked his drinks and I didn't really think anything too much of it. Like I didn't, you know, <laughs> think it yeah. would be that intense at all. Sure. So I definitely didn't think going into it that it would have been a problem to be honest. And so you're pregnant you're starting to see these signs. What's that progression? What happens? You know, it was really crazy because I mean, for me, I didn't feel like I could tell anybody oh, that's because, hard. you know, like I think a lot of people are like, oh, <laughs> she's young now. She's knocked up. Yes. Um, now on top of that, you know, you don't want to put anything else. So I just kind of stayed quiet. Yes. I stayed oh. quiet. I internalized it a lot. And that's then I just carry. Yeah, it was, it was definitely, yeah, it was definitely a struggle. But at that point, I always had a therapist. I always went to therapy because I felt like I couldn't talk to anybody, but I at least had to have somebody to be like, help me figure this out. So I think that that's one thing I would advise to anybody is if you're going through it, make sure you always have a professional on your side um, to hold your hand. Good advice. That was solid advice. Yes. And you got to get it out. You have to get it out somehow. Yes. Yeah. Better in the hands of a professional too. So they can guide Mm -hmm. you through it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, the progression. Yes. So anyway, um, we ended up having our first baby, you know, he worked, he's very functional. He's very functional. And if there's any women out there like me, you know, you're in love with a very good person. I mean, you meet him, he is an amazing person. He's kind, he's genuine, he's, you know, charismatic, he's smart, he's he's all the things. He's an incredible father. Mm. He is like, like you you look at him and even to this day, I mean, I'm, I got so lucky with him. Oh, that's awesome. So I, yeah, it's so incredible because I truly respect him and, you know, who he is and how he's overcome this. And I think a lot of women who love someone with an addiction, they're in love with a really good person who yes. has an addiction. That's, That's really all it is. There's a distance. Yes. It, there needs to be recognized. There's a distance between the person who they are and their addiction. It's not them. Yes. It's, it's not. just a condition that they're dealing with. It's not right. them. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So that was a huge pivotal moment for me too, was when I realized I love this man for who he is and see his potential. And I think a lot of women fall in love with the potential and almost get heartbroken when they don't change or when they don't, you know, sober up or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And so it goes into that cycle 
I mean, yeah. he's a very, he was very functional. He was always working full time, always going to school, always the life of the party, you know, always <laughs> Rico Suave, you know, he's like super <laughs> like charismatic, like, yeah. you know, people love him. I mean, you can see why he's an awesome guy. Yeah. And so I think it got, you know, we, we did it for so long. Then we got pregnant with our second, our second little guy. And, you know, I think it just the stress and the, the fact I felt so alone and I didn't feel like I could tell anybody about what was happening. He was always taking really good care of his family. He's always yeah. taking good care of us. He's an incredible father, just a lover. He's a teddy bear, you know, he's like incredible. And so I'm like, you know, kind of suffering in this, like, you know, silence of, you know, like, how do I navigate holidays? Um, how do I navigate birthdays? How do I, how do I navigate life when now I have these two children and I have to be strong, you know, they need one sober parent, you know? And so how do I do that when you go to parties and you don't know what's going to happen? They might black out. You have to take care of them. And then you still have two little babies. You're probably nursing or they get fussy and then, you know, all the things. So, I mean, that was really hard to navigate. (laughs) Yes. That would be so tough. You said that he was high functioning. Were there any other adverse behaviors that you saw? You mentioned blackout. Like when he was in it, what did you Mm -hmm. notice? Was it just excessive drinking in and of itself? What really caused it to be a problem? And not that excessive drinking isn't problematic, but to get a grasp of the whole picture. I think it was the cycle. Mm. I think it was the cycle of the benders and then how many times that we tried to sober up, how many times would we go through this? And then, you know, it was probably a little immature at the time too. And, you know, so I'm like, how many times are we going to go through this? And then it's that cycle of, you know, being so hurt and so mad on, you know, like holidays or, or it's supposed to be, you know, something we celebrate. And then, you know, you don't even remember it. You don't remember. And going from those different cycles and then, you know, and then they know just what to do to get you right back and to love them and be over the moon. So there is a cycle and it's, it's a thing. It is a thing. I've, I've seen other women go through it where they, you know, it's like, okay, you got to clean up or I'm done. And you go through the cycle and then you're on top of the world because they're sober. And then an event happens and it goes right back. And then you kind of lose that trust. I can imagine. And part of that is you see them for who they truly are their core self, mm. you see what a good person they are. So that shines through in those sober moments. And then also you see the potential and you see the potential of overcoming it. So that brings you back in and just the cycle itself, that would be really, really hard. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that was a, a big, yeah, that was probably one of the hardest because he wanted to get better. And I think that's a key point too, is he never wanted to be an alcoholic. Mm, yeah. He didn't want to. I mean, yeah. he wanted to be better and he would always go in spurts of sobriety and you see the best. I mean, the best of the best, you know, always yeah. going to the gym, being healthy. Um, you see all of it like, oh, this is the man. Like I knew that like, he could do it, you yes. know, and then one little thing and it's right back. So I don't think he ever really, like he really did 
want to change. And it took lots of times to try and become sober from, I mean, doctors to medicine to, oh my gosh, so many things, so many things. And so there was so many points when you tried and tried and tried and it, you know, got to that point where is it like, is it really going to happen? So, and each time it doesn't, I can imagine it's, it stings that much more and is that mm-hmm. much harder. And for you both too, because like you said, he wants to be sober. He doesn't want to be dependent on alcohol. He doesn't want to have this thing going on in his life. And I can see how that's so frustrating for you both. And it just sucks you into its clutches. <laughs> it just feels like it just swallows you and you're trying and it's not that the effort isn't there. I can imagine how challenging that would be. So when you first approached the topic, was it you who brought it up? Was it him who brought it up? And how did that go? What was that like? Oh, I'm sure I was so little and so immature at the time. (laughs) I'm sure it was Understandable, yeah. (laughs) I mean, I've grown so much. It's like looking back, I'm like, oh, I could have definitely been more mature about that. Um, (laughs) You were young too, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, oh dear, because I was put into a lot of <laughs> chaos with pregnancies and you know the stress of that and oh yeah, you know, all oh, that yeah. stuff. So I'm pretty sure it was like a <laughs> like I don't even remember the first time to be honest. I think it was probably for me. I tend to go and self sabotage, mm. so I'm not a very reactive person. Mm-hmm. I tend to go inside and withdraw. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be around anybody. I want to figure it out. And then um, I'll approach usually the situation. And um, there are probably a few times, <laughs> you know, when I was like, you know, yelling, like, what? Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you drinking? Or, you know, so I think there's kind of both. I don't even remember the first time, to be honest. How would he react when you would say that? Why are you drinking? What would he say? I don't remember. I think it was more of like, I had a long day. It's just one, just one tall boy. But the thing is, I mean, he would hide it too. So I knew it wasn't just one. And so I think that was what irked me a little more was, you know, of course he couldn't be real with me because of the way I reacted. (laughs) So he'd hide it. So was that hard for you with trust in your relationship too? Did that carry over into other areas regarding trust or no? Was it just confined to that? I think it's just confined to that. Mm-hmm. Um, now coming out of it, it took me a, a little bit to be like, how long are you going to be sober? And then after, I mean, years, to be honest, I mean, he proved himself. He proved, And so he earned that trust and I 100% trust him with my whole being. Like, I know he's loyal. I know I trust him. Like he would never break my trust. And I think that's huge. But at the time, the alcohol, like there was a trust thing and I was very careful about, you know, things like I knew when he had just one and that he told me he was going to have his first one. I knew he had already been drinking before his first one that he says, Mm. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) You just know after a while. Yeah. How long did this go on? I think, let's see. Six years. Okay. Six years in a relationship. I think five or six years. That's a long time. Yeah. 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 Six years. Six years. Yeah. So what was the catalyst for lasting change? Yes. This is the million dollar question. I'm telling you, (laughs) this is, I'm not even kidding. This is like the one thing that a lot of wives ask me. Yeah. Yeah. Is what did you do to help him sober up? Yeah. Yeah. I, I will tell you. 
it was not me. It, it was it him. Was him. Yes. But I had to do the work on me because coming into this, I'm a very empathetic person and I had a lot of baggage. Let me tell you, right? From childhood yeah. stuff to trauma to different stuff. I came into this thinking that my love was dependent on him. So I had to learn. I had codependency like tendencies. Yeah, I had yeah. horrible boundaries. I had to completely take an account for me and my own happiness and doing the really hard work on me and saying like, I am the only one in charge of my happiness. I'm the only one who can choose me, who can be there for my kids right now. Like, I mean, of course he was there, but I mean, in, in this sense of, you know, my own self journey. So I had to do the really hard work and realize that no matter the outcome, I had to let go of the outcome. I didn't know if he was ever going to sober up or not, but I had to be happy with me and I had to do what was best for my kids. And that instantly was, okay, I knew fitness and health was number one, which would get me the happiest, the fastest, because that's me at my core. I know when I have a happy, healthy body, happy, healthy mind, I am a happy person. So I started there. That is such an, a crucial point that I want to just really highlight right now. That's huge. And yes, maybe you're not technically the one with the issue here as far as addiction, but there can and should be work on both sides of it too, because you're still experiencing mm -hmm. it indirectly and there's right. still work that can be done. We all can do work, all of us, and yes. especially in dicey situations like this. And I talked to somebody previously that I'll share and post later on in this addiction series and she was talking about as a loved one directly, indirectly experiencing addiction, how she went to therapy on how she could process it herself and show up better for her loved ones and support them further and deal with it herself and work through it in her own mind, emotionally, physically, all of that. And that's so crucial. And I love that you said releasing the outcome because you'll drive yourself crazy. You can't, it's not in your hands. It's just not. The best yeah. way that you can show up and contribute to healing and to solution and resolution is to work on your side of the street. And that's all you can do, really. It's a hundred, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I think you're right on. And I'm glad, you know, your friend did the same thing. I can't wait to hear yeah. about her. But it's true. I mean, you have to take complete accountability of like not only that, the work that I learned and the work that I did on myself in terms of realizing the accountability, boundaries, codependency, you know, enabling all that stuff. It was not only in my romantic relationship. I saw patterns yes. in all my relationships. Yes, yes, yes. All of yes, them. Yes, yes. And it's transformative once you identify those and see those and can clarify on your blind spots and how it bleeds over into other areas of your life. And I'm with you. I had the codependency going on. I had a lot of what you had just described and it is truly powerful and transformative once you start working on that and working through that and healing that and how it yes. just can revolutionize your life and your relationships and how you approach life and how you move through life and how you experience life. Yes. hundred percent with you. I think that's, I mean, I think it's a wonderful thing because you're an extremely empathetic person. 
And I think that that's, that's beautiful. And you're so deep and you see things on such a deep level. And I think that you hit it right on the head of like, you also need to (laughs) be able to manage that. Um, Thank you. And I know that you are as well. I know that you are extremely empathetic. I know that you are an extremely caring person and you're deep as they come too. So yeah, absolutely. High five to you for putting in the work. It's not easy. It's so easy to be like, just put in the work. Just do it. No, you got to get your hands dirty and get get down in the trenches. (laughs) So messy. So sailing. Oh my gosh. And it's not linear and you feel like you're making progress and you feel like you're regressing and then progressing and then regressing and it's all over the place. And it really is. It is. It just is. Yeah. It really, truly is. (laughs) It really is. So uh, yeah, I'm so happy for you. So good. Thank you. I'm happy for you too. Thank you. High five. High five. High five. (laughs) (laughs) Virtual five. Exactly. (laughs) It's the way that we do it now. Yeah. (laughs) So good. So you're doing your work. How is this showing up? Take us from there. Okay. So the pivotal point. So this was like when he decided to sober up. (laughs) We've gone through this a million times, right? Yeah. I got to the point where I had some boundaries and I said, okay, I cannot control you or your behaviors. And I also can't enable you anymore. Um, it's been a week long bender and I had tried to leave a lot before that. I'm not going to lie because I couldn't do it anymore. And it never, it just went right back into that cycle, that cycle of I'm sober. And then there goes the drinking, you're on top of the world. I'm sober. I'm going to give you all the gifts, you know, like just that cycle. How far did you get when you tried to leave? You know, I think the final time was, I think he was like, oh my gosh, he's not kidding. Because the only other times were just threatens, threatens because I had no plan. I had nowhere to go. Yeah. I had, you know, no stability, nothing. And so he was like, yeah, okay. (laughs) Like, (laughs) how serious are you? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, But the last time was, I remember it was December 13th and I, I prepared, I prepared for it. I, I reached out to only two people in my life knew about it at the time only two. I didn't want anyone else to know. I reached out to one of the people that knew and she's like, Hey, you know, let's, let's map out a plan. Here's what's going to happen. This is where you go. Um, I saved up money and it was basically, you know, he came home. It was the weirdest thing though. So weird how all planned out. So it was the day I was like freaking out. Right. And I was basically going to just have his bags packed and say, you need to leave. You need to go get sober. You know, I'm, I'm done basically. And it was the weirdest thing because I messaged him on his phone and said, we need to talk. He never responded. He was like, what the heck? Like anticipation forever. He yeah. literally walks home during lunch as I'm like packing his bags. <laughs> oh, wow. And like, he's like, oh, hey, babe, I oh. forgot my phone. And I'm like, oh, no. Oh, oh no. So he reads it. <laughs> He reads, he reads the text. Oh my. And he's like, oh, what do you want to talk about? Oh my God. And I was like, no, I was not prepared for this situation. Oh my gosh. This took a turn. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, well, okay. <laughs> this is not fun. Wow. Wow. Um, so, cause I was going to have the kids gone. I was going to have someone come get the kids so that I could talk to him. So, you know, kids didn't hear anything. 
Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I talked to him and I was like, you know, I'm leaving and I'm serious this time. I'll have your bags packed by tonight. I have some cash saved up. I'll need you to leave. Uh, the kids and I will stay here for a minute. So I figure things out. And he looked at me and I mean, he was like, you know, tears in his eyes and I could just like cry now. And he's like, you know, I've said this a million times. He's like, but give me one more chance. He's like, the second I drink another sip, I will leave and I will make sure that you and the kids are always taken care of. Oh my God. Like you don't have to worry about anything. You can leave. It's okay. But give me one more chance. Wow. And from there, I'm like, of course, like I've fallen in love with this incredible man who, yes. who would take care of me, even if I decided to leave um, yes. to make sure my kids always have a place that they're taking care of. I'm always taking care of, you know, and I'm like, oh, this just got really hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, but from that day, he has not drank. He hasn't wow. taken a sip. And so I think at the end of the day, it was. I had to decide what I will and will not tolerate in my life. Yeah. And I didn't make that choice. He did. Yeah. So I didn't change him at all. And coming from a wise perspective, you can't change them. You have to change. Like you have to just work on you. Yes. And, you know, we had a happy ending. I never would have expected that. Never. So wonderful. Those are two big life lessons boundaries, knowing where your lines are drawn, what you will or will not tolerate. Even if you love the person so much, no matter what the situation is, what behavior you're willing to accommodate in your life and what you're not, and then Mm -hmm. holding firm to those boundaries. And then just knowing you can't change them. You can't change people. Just Mm -hmm. have to accept them and love them for who they are. Doesn't mean that you condone certain behavior. But it, sometimes it just means you have to love from afar and honor your boundaries. And that is so hard. And you did it and it worked out. And that is just the best ending ever. <laughs> Thank you. I'm right there with you. Yay. Yes. Oh, that's yes. wonderful. So did he just white knuckle it? How did how did he do it? Was it hard for him? How did that look like? Did he turn to oh. any resources like AA? You know, this is also a very important topic. <laughs> Because <laughs> people don't realize what getting sober looks like. Yeah. Um, he cold turkey. I would not advise that. That Ooh. is so dangerous on so yeah. many levels. He Especially had with alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. He had like the chills. He had the fever. He had the detox. I mean, DTs. Yeah. Really, yeah. I mean, it was awful. And to be honest, I was cold. <laughs> oh. I was not nurturing. I mean, I, I kind of wish I was nicer. But I get a girl. Yeah. You're like, like, listen, yeah. I've been through it. <laughs> I've seen this on yourself. It's so bad. I'm like, <laughs> I should have been nicer, but I, but I didn't <laughs> like it at all. Well, gosh, but, and I get that sometimes you just max out too, you know, like we've yeah. been through this. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. I get it. Now reflecting, I'm like, oh my gosh, that was dangerous of him to just yeah. cold tear kiss. I really wouldn't like recommend that at all. Yeah, um, so especially don't do if you're, yeah, because it truly can be life-threatening and it, it really can nervous system, your central nervous system becomes dependent upon it. So you got to wean yourself yeah. off sometime. That's impressive that he, yeah, he just cold turkeyed it. Wow. He, like, if you know him, he has a very strong mind. Wow. I mean, he is like, 
he's, he has a very strong, when he decides to do something, he does it. That's remarkable. He does have a strong mind. So anyway, he cold turkeyed, you know, he did a lot of working out, a lot of detoxing, a lot of water, a lot of, you know, things like that. Um, he's very functional, like very functional in that sense of like, he still went on with his daily duties, but he was miserable. And after a while, this is the turning point. This is also, I think, you know, what happens after the life of sobriety, because your whole circle has been, your whole life has been alcohol. Your whole identity is around that. And, you know, like, how do you navigate it? Because your identity is different now. And people don't understand that. People will tease you. They will try to make you drink. They will try, you know, like the whole navigating after a sober life, we are still navigating that because imagine it's completely different. It is so different. And I've still tried to find resources and I'm still, you know, if you know any, please throw them at my way of like, what do you do after sobriety? Like it's such a good point. You get lost. Yeah. And I think that's (laughs) often overlooked too. And there's like a reorientation and a Mm re-identification. Wow. Yeah. And that is something that's very important too. Cause that's just Mm -hmm. part of the process is actually sobering up. Mm -hmm. And then the next phase is reorienting yourself after. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. And I think it's something that (laughs) I don't know, like you're, it's, it's a whole new ball. I mean, we've, he's been sober for a few years now and we're still navigating it and it's still, you know, like, like we don't stay at parties past nine or 10, (laughs) like you still, I mean, love your family, you know, but it's also you know, who, who are we like, you know, in this new light. So it's yeah. definitely a, a whole new thing to discover. And it's beautiful too. Cause you, you have that self-awareness, that self-actualization that you can be anything you want to be. Yes. So, yes. What I mean, a great perspective. It's also beautiful. <laughs> what a great perspective. And so do you find that you have supportive friends too? Even if I know that you said you personally only told two people, but overall, I know it's different if you're like, Hey, I'm not going to drink anymore. Do you have people now in your life and friends that are supportive and accommodate this new lifestyle? Yeah, they are actually really supportive. I don't think I've drank. I mean, I maybe have had one drink since. Um, so that's also a new thing to navigate for me too. Cause I mean, I used to love wine. I used to love the things, but I'm also like, I mean, is that wrong? Is that wrong to have a drink? I mean, where I personally was not an alcoholic, you know what I mean? Like, is that, yeah. wrong? I don't and know. How do you feel about, <laughs> yeah. Still TBD, still pondering that you haven't reached a decision on. Yeah. Cause that is, yeah. Right? That is I'm a tricky seven, question. Yeah. 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 So I'm so, like, okay. So, I mean, is that something yeah. I do, you know, or not, you know? So I don't know. I'm still navigating. That. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of questions. Do you or he have any theories on what led him to addiction or what got him into this? Cause gosh, there's so much out there that leads people into this and like ADHD and ADD people mm-hmm. have more addictive tendencies. Trauma can lead people to this. Mm-hmm. You don't even have to have trauma. And there are so many contributing factors that lead to this. Do you or he have any idea? I think from the the therapy that I've, you know, experienced, I've linked, I mean, I think trauma and environment. Mm, yeah, I think, you know, you know, I think trauma has a big one 
Um, he was, you know, in the army, he was deployed. Oh gosh. Um, yeah. He, I mean, you know, he also had lots of other stuff, you know, um, trauma wise. And I think trauma and also environment, you know, it's just what you do. You know, you, you get together every weekend, you can work on a project, you get drunk and <laughs> that's just what you do. Yeah. And, and so I think it was the both of them. Definitely. That's a good point too. Like, like you said, environment and culture, and that's just mm-hmm. the way things are done. And that's what friends do. Or yeah, I can see mm-hmm. how that can snowball into that. Absolutely. And I think some people don't even realize that they are alcohol dependent, you know, mm-hmm. because that's just what we do. I just have so many drinks at night. I just always drink with my friends. And I also think it can be on an individual basis, what's determined as alcoholism or not. Mm-hmm. Some people can be very high functioning. I mean, it's a very nuanced topic too. You know, it's hard yes. to just generalize and be like this many drinks, you're an alcoholic, this frequency of drinking, you're an alcoholic. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just too hard and too complex to just always paint with it broad is. strokes. Yep. Right there with you. hundred well, percent. I am so happy that it worked out for you. So what about you as the wife? Do you have any resources that you would suggest to other partners or loved ones who are watching their people go through it? Absolutely. The one person who really helped me, it's called loveoveraddiction.com. She also has a podcast. She helped me. It was all free, like all free resources. That resource helped me tenfold. You know, she helped me to see that, you know, I didn't have to decide to leave or stay. I didn't have to put that pressure that I could work on me, on my happiness. I could choose my happiness. She is a hundred percent loveoveraddiction.com. Um, she has a podcast. Definitely recommend that. Okay. Um, and I will put that in the show notes too. So people can just click on that. So www.loveoveraddiction.com and then also podcast. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. So that's that. Yeah. 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 What a story. Thank you for sharing all of that. I know that's not easy to share. Thank you for having me. And I think, I hope that this helps, you know, maybe another woman or, you know, someone who loves someone with an addiction to, you know, navigate life. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. A thousand percent. Okay. And I know that you have, and we'll have to have you come on for another episode too, to talk about all that you have going on. Cause you have a lot going on too. You're big in yes. fitness, you're big in inspiration, <laughs> you're big in motivation. Where can people find you? So you can find me. I do most of my content on Facebook, to be honest. I'm just Mindy Cervantes on Facebook. Um, I do have an Instagram. It's Cervantes. I post a lot on there too. So just Facebook and Instagram and yeah. Excellent. You guys go follow her. You will not be disappointed. She's so good. She's such oh. a light. Okay, Mindy, thank, thank you, you so much. Mindy. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you. Appreciate you. You're the best. <laughs>